Hello and welcome to episode six, six. Yeah. of uh, Oddment and Squeak. I'm Squeak. I live in this flat. And I'm Oddment and I don't live in this flat. <laughs> We've got an even newer, brighter, shinier mic setup where we're hanging it precariously off a shelf. I like this setup. I like mm. being able to sit up properly at a table. Last week, like lounging on the floor was nice because I am a lady of leisure, but I don't think it was conducive to like my best ideas because my brain was flat on the floor and there's science behind that, I'm sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. So we were talking briefly. Uh, to, oh, we should talk about the fact that we've released the podcast now and like people oh have God, listened yeah. to it. People have listened. <laughs> I think the nicest feedback that we've had so far, and granted it's from friends of ours, which is great. But the nicest feedback is two of our friends saying that whilst listening, they have tried to contribute. <laughs> <laughs> they, they felt the need to kind of add stuff to the conversation or uh, in the case of one of our stories, remind us of what it was like about um, the story of me giving you guys the wrong place to go. <laughs> yep, yep. It was the, my, I think my favorite one was when you were talking to Alex about having to do, we were going to have to do some corrections at some point. And he was like, well, what were you wrong about them? Alex, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Let me list the ways in which we were wrong. And then I told him and then both him and Oscar were like, oh, I thought that was true as well. And I was like, yeah, no, I did my research after I said it and put it out there I was wrong and I'm not going to tell you guys what I was wrong about do your own fucking research yeah you know <laughs> don't believe what you hear on the internet yeah we the internet would like to tell you <laughs> not to trust us yeah don't yeah I've been we've been leading you astray this whole time this entire podcast is actually focused on getting Tamara a stalker so all the information we've been given out is false um, our names aren't Lily and Tamara. We don't live in London. And in fact, my name's Timothy. This is George. Hi. Um, we're both from Midwest America. This is a slow attempt to try and get the you libtards on our, our side. Um, <laughs> we are attempting to do a stealth mission. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, okay? So I'm, I'm going to do, like, super millennial right now. I was Slytherin, okay? <laughs> and I can be super cunning. But even for me, that is such a fucking convoluted idea. Yeah, what would the end game be? <laughs> I don't know. Brainwashing libtards? Yeah. Like, Especially, oh, like, why would you choose... A to... conversational podcast. Yeah, that doesn't talk about... Well, I'm sure we will talk about politics at some point. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure all of you can guess what our politics are. <laughs> I'm a sexy Tory. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a conversation about that. Okay, so me and, me and Tam had the best brunch of our lives. Oh my God, uh, it was so good. Absolutely fantastic. Pancakes on Saturday. And it started to feel normal again. I don't know about you, but this weekend... It really did, yeah. Yeah, this weekend was the weekend. It started to feel like we were really getting back to normal had lots of drinks with people bouncing around London, mm -hmm. especially now we're both double vaccinated. Yes. We are super vulnerable. And so... Pfizer elite. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel a bit weird that I've been vaccinated before my parents. Like, that doesn't feel right. But then, like, breathing is an issue for me in general. So, yeah, yeah. You know. Living is an issue for me in general. <laughs> 
<laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, but we were talking about, so Tamara has written an absolutely excellent article uh, for the website on how all the terrible fictional uh, men that she's in love with. Yes. Um, and we terrible, were t- terrible, terrible, terrible <laughs> taste. But we were talking about how specific the taste is. And then we were talking about... So Baldwin from Discovery of Witches is our favourite character. Um, he shouldn't be. No. And I'm usually not on this train, but with Baldwin I am. Because um, <laughs> there's a moment in the series where he just says, Rules are rules! <laughs> and I swoon and I'm like, yes, daddy. <laughs> like teed up so perfectly because you're like Lily Lily there's this bit there's this bit you need to watch <laughs> I was like you're right why is Baldwin attractive he wasn't attractive in the books or at least I yeah. didn't find him attractive in the books I, I find him attractive in the books now that I've seen the TV show <laughs> but the problem being that they've recast him for the third season uh, and he is he is not a sexy Tory anymore no and so like what's the difference between the guy who plays Baldwin currently and the guy who's going to be playing Baldwin I mean, it's like one's a sexy Tory and one's just a Tory true <laughs> <laughs> So that was how we will be classifying all of Tamara's crushes going forwards. Yeah, it's just, I just, it's really bad. I just have awful, awful taste. I'm like, are they dark and twisty? Are they traumatised? Do they want to control me? Yes, please. (laughs) But also, never talk to me, you filthy, filthy human. Yes. Get away, get away from me. Don't touch me. Don't even look at me. And that's why I like them fictional. men what <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite things in the world is to re-watch things with Tamara because so I'm I think we previously discussed this I'm terrible at watching new tv for me it's like super exhausting and so I tend to re-watch the same things over and over and if it's not me re-watching the same things over and over it's watching a program that has a formula that I like and I started watching Criminal Minds with my partner and we're still watching it we're on season seven and we're like inching our way through it Tamara watched it all in like two weeks because (laughs) she's a monster devoured all 15 seasons obsessed (laughs) love it and then um I started re-watching it with Tamara and my I don't get me wrong I've absolutely loved Criminal Minds watching it with James um it's been really really fun but it's a different angle given to a program when you watch it with Tamara because I suddenly I was like okay so it turns out I need to read Criminal Minds fan fiction <laughs> because there was so much thirst it's every time Hotch comes on screen and he's all buttoned up and intense and stern and I'm just there like Ooh, yes <laughs> I'd watched all of this being like oh no this is just a good show I like and I watched like two episodes of Tamara and I'm like you're right I need to read fan fiction now yeah yeah baby Reed getting topped (laughs) oh god Tamara (laughs) you're right but no (laughs) I will do a false protest here to protect my reputation you've already linked me the fanfic yeah I have I have but yeah, we actually a uh, funny story on the subject of fanfics. Yesterday, I was filling something out on Lily's phone, and uh, she had uh, my phone was sat in the middle of the table, and it was like open, it was unlocked, and I'm filling out this form, and Lily just goes, "Oh well, while you've got my phone, 
I'm just going to go have a look on your phone and see what fanfics you have. I jumped out of my seat so quickly. I was I, like, no, 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 I've no. never seen you move so fast. Because initially I picked it up and you were like, oh, I've got like, help yourself to games or whatever because you had my phone and then we weren't doing anything and blah 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 and I was like oh I want to see what fanfics you have open <laughs> you're like no my AO3 account is between me and Satan <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going me and God there but no straight in straight in <laughs> no absolutely um yeah no my my AO3 account is not for anyone's eyes but mine i only just stopped incognito browsing on AO3 and the reason i did was because i was like but now i can't find any of my old favorites <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like my i recently went through because i mark everything for later i bookmark look i'm about as organized with my AO3 as i am with my normal reading or like on goodreads everything is tagged everything is like organized my bookshelves are the same. I just like doing this kind of stuff. And I was like, <laughs> Sorry, if we were doing it based on Goodreads, then we have an ongoing weird situation at the moment where people keep on asking me what I think of these books that I've apparently read that are oh, popping up on my Goodreads yeah. uh, profile. And it's because at some point, and I should just unlink them, but it doesn't bother me. At some point, I linked my Goodreads um account to my kindle account and now every time something's read on my kindle it gets posted to goodreads but the problem with that is my mum and my aunt have my kindle login so it's them reading i haven't read yeah. like an actual <laughs> book in a really long time so <laughs> if that was the same with fanfic that would be a really disturbing group activity yeah yeah it would uh, i'm so yeah. glad there isn't a goodreads for fanfic i'm not sure i need that in my life <laughs> i do need it I would love that. Oh my god. I would have everything so organised and rated. And but you want like, it. Yeah. But the the Goodreads part of Goodreads is that it's public. Is people would see. <laughs> I want it privately just for me. Uh, on the subject of that, I'm part of a reading challenge. And uh, every month there's a different theme. And there are like prompts for... There's like eight prompts. And you have to try and read eight books to fit those prompts. And... For June, the, the theme is Cloak and Dagger. And I'm like, oh, so many books that I could fit to that. It's absolutely great. But then I... <laughs> Brings out my reams of assassin base. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, immediately I was like, oh, I read Six of Crows again in May, but I'm just going to read it again in June because that's Cloak and Dagger. Um, but I am currently in a Raylo reading phase. The reason for this is because I have a journal that tracks all the books that I read each month and there's enough space for you to review 15 books a month and about halfway through May I hit the 15 books and I was like well now that means I can't read anything else for the rest of May because I don't have space in May to like review books in my journal which is really arbitrary like I, I could have read more books but that meant that in my mind, I was like, okay, well, I have to read fan fiction now. If I'm going to read anything, it has to be fan fiction. So I switched over to reading all my AO3 stuff. Your brain is such a weird place. <laughs> I think mean, that's perfectly logical. <laughs> so I switched over to reading fan fiction. And now the new challenge has started today. But I am entrenched in fan fiction now. I'm like, the obsession has started again. I need to read every single one of them. I'm now imagining, like, you know, the Donald Duck diving in and out of gold. Oh, uh, McScrooge. McScrooge. Scrooge, Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck. McDuck. That's it. Yeah. 
literally. And so I, I wrote on the challenge group, I was like, oh, I don't even know if I'm going to get any actual books read this month because I'm reading a lot of fan fiction. And the admin of the group went, oh, you know, fan fiction counts, just link it. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I have for three months in a row won each of the challenge challenges. I've been like one of the top uh, scorers. June? No, I'm not posting a single fan fiction that I've read at all. Like I said, that is private to me. <laughs> and like, oh, and it's really weird because I'll talk to people about like the weird stuff that I read. Mm. And we were on the bus yesterday talking about how there's no shame in showing that we're reading romance like, novels yeah ridiculous half-naked men on the cover of romance novels yeah but i'm quite happy to openly read that anywhere yeah and i read my fan fiction on the bus and everything but actually telling people like the tags and the stuff that's getting read like no yeah no it's one of those things that i refuse to discuss some of the weird shit that i've sent you oh yeah on this podcast <laughs> because I'm like, if there's any possibility of my parents hearing this podcast, <laughs> I don't need that out in the world. <laughs> Lily's parents, it's super tame. It's just about, like, true love. Yeah. And that's it. It's, um, they're ducks. I don't know why that was, like, Why no. was ducks oh, the first no. thing? It's because we were talking about Scrooge, and I was like, what's fluffy and cute and, like, non-sexual? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, fucking rule 34 it. It's going to be everywhere. <laughs> I didn't know you had a duck king. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, that's the quote for this episode. <laughs> oh, we've yeah. been, uh, so I'm sure you've noticed that all of our episode titles are quotes from within the episode. And it's one of our favourite things to do. <laughs> Just to go back through and be like, which which out of context quote can we use for this one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I've had two really weird dreams in like the last couple days. Mm. Uh, the first one involved me like, okay, so it's like a post-apocalyptic world. The end had come and there was only a small amount of humans left living in this like one village. But... We had to go on a mission into the city and so i got on the back of a bike and we went into the city me and this faceless person no idea who they were i swear you've had this dream before is this <laughs> the one where you meet me in Truro? no 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 that's another one i have had that a couple of times though no in this one we go into the city and it seems like everything is normal there's people milling around going about their business but lo and behold turns out they're all zombies um, but they're living their best lives as zombies, but if they see a non-zombie, they try to put, tear them apart and eat them. But otherwise, they're eating normal and they're absolutely fine. And we had to, like, go on a mission to save a child, like a human child that was stuck in this, like, basement somewhere, being held captive. And then we discovered that there were, like, a whole bunch of human children being kept captive. And we're like, okay, well, we have to, we have to steal a, a school bus now, and we have to, you know, get all the children out. And then we ended up going back to our shitty village. And I was like, Do you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I woke up from that, and I was like, I'd rather be a fucking zombie, mate. Like, they're living yeah. their best lives in the big city, <laughs> and I'm living out in a shitty village because I'm not a zombie. And here's the it's basic precious. difference between me and Tamara. I'm like, <laughs> why the fuck would you go to London? <laughs> Well, we went, we went specifically to save children, but I would want to go back to London. 
I would want to go back and live my best zombie life in London. Well, we already have the plan for the zombie apocalypse. Yes, we do. Which is such a bollocks plan because we <laughs> both know that the first thing both of us are doing if the zombie apocalypse hits is I'm throwing myself out a window. I'm like... <laughs> Like, I'm not, fuck this shit, I'm out. I'm like <laughs> so completely not in this. Uh, mine is like, I would just hunker down in mm. the flat, read as many books as possible. And then when I ran out of food and the will to live, then I'd be like, cool, I've got enough medication. <laughs> it's kind of sad, mm. but I'd want to get some reading done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to be fair. Why is that my priority? <laughs> TikTok we were watching of I mean if I die tomorrow I'm tired yeah, I'm tired <laughs> I'm okay life is already too long can we not like I um I'm all ready for it to be over can we not extend it <laughs> oh it certainly felt like it the last year and a half <laughs> yes. yeah well in my second dream <laughs> Is that what we are now? We're a dream podcast. We're a dream podcast. In my second dream, I was round at someone's house, and I don't know who they were, but we were uh, we were watching a film, and we were playing with Lego, and then some more people came over, and it was just really wholesome. But then I was told that I had to go back to the other house. I don't know why we have another house now, but I had to go back to the other house, and I and it was like think Hansel and Gretel in the woods, witchy looking cottage type thing. That was the house, and. In this moment, I realised, <laughs> I had like a meta moment where I was like, I'm aware that I'm dreaming and I can see that this is a trap that I'm supposed <laughs> to fall for, but I'm not going to. So I go into the house and there's like a whole bunch of, um, it's like uh, overgrown with like trees and plants on the inside and the tendrils are kind of reaching for me, but like not aggressively. So I'm okay. And... I grab the thing that I'm supposed to get and they start following me, these tendrils. And then in the tree is a baby, okay? And the baby is crying. A lot of your dreams seem to be centred around, like, smaller humans. You've got children in the first one. Yes. Tree baby. <laughs> but yeah, tree baby is crying and the tendrils are just, like, slowly making their way towards me. And I pluck the baby and I'm like, that's weird. Why is this baby suddenly in a tree? Why is this? And it's because if I touched the baby, if I tried to get it, then the plants would converge on me and they would try to kill me. And I was like, yeah, good thing I don't like babies, innit? <laughs> <laughs> and I walked away and I left that crying baby and I could hear the trees being all sad and everything. And I just walked back. And the rest of the dream was me being at this other person's house, just like chilling and cuddling on the sofa, like chatting and i was like yeah this could have been a nightmare yeah like, if i had been inclined to help the baby in the tree <laughs> <laughs> i am very glad i was not <laughs> you put yourself in the tree you can put yourself out of the tree exactly you weren't there when i walked up to the house to begin with so you know clearly shenanigans don't trust you tree baby i'm like all of your dreams would make great D, &D campaigns <laughs> First one's a heist. Yeah. Second yeah. one's like just a normal trapped house. Like yeah. as far as D and D is concerned. Yeah, like a weird horror type thing. Yeah, yeah. I just started um, running D and D for some of the mobile game people mm. um, community online that I love, and um, I spent a good five or six minutes in this last session. We we're only doing short sessions, 
pretending to be a very aggressive crow. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. And now they want a pet crow. So I'm going to, I have a feeling that I've now committed myself to the crow voice that I gave this crow for however need, long this campaign runs. I now need to hear the crow voice. Oh, as if I can remember it. <laughs> what was it? Changed dramatically. <laughs> as it went on, because... One thing that is always the feedback I get from from D&D is I have one accent and one accent only, and that accent is bad West Country. And even if I start in a different accent, it ends up bad West Country. Um, or just my own accent. and then Or seagull. Or seagull. I'm good at seagull. Yes. Um, but the, the crow, it was like, yes! <laughs> what you want? <laughs> that kind of thing. of Strahd, which is like a, a full-on like early Dracula film level of like and from Transylvania like yeah. that kind of vibe and it's it's all about pulp horror films yeah. like that's what the, where the aesthetic 100% comes from so it's like it's all fog um, they're wandering through like the first village they come to, it's a place called Bavaria, and there's just a screaming woman and <laughs> <laughs> crying woman, and like everything is just grey and miserable. And they found this crow who was eating a corpse when they found the crow. Nice. And one of them cast speak with animals, and so the crow was like, "Yeah, you wish him information." What? <laughs> But that's the other problem is that's my accent. Yeah. As well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> but it was just <laughs> they loved him. And now I'm gonna have to work out what that voice was and keep mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one that I still get made fun of by my usual D D group is the Cornish Kobold, who just kept emerging from the darkness to give information. So they'd be like, Where where what are we doing? Mrs. Cobold, and I'll be like, right here. <laughs> Let me tell you about their by village. <laughs> right, my lover. <laughs> this is such a weird cobold voice. <laughs> I like it though. Yeah, like let's it. go with that. I can't do any accents. Not well. I can do an accent uh, after I've heard it. Mm. Um, but I can't if I haven't immediately heard an accent. Um, but I'm just very, I'm good at mimicking and it's why I used to do well in French oral exams because I'm like, cool, give me the words to say. And if I know how to pronounce them, I'll, I'll do it with like a full on French accent. But otherwise, if you ask me to actually speak French, I'm like, no, I don't I, through sheer resentment. So I really hated my, um, GCSE French teacher. Um, and she really, you know, it was mutual. She, I once almost vomited on her shoes just out of like sheer rage. Um, <laughs> she wasn't letting me, I was ill. I was ill for a lot of, um, that year I was having a, a lot of health issues and I was like, I need to go to the, the toilet. And she was like, no, nah, you can't leave. And I was like, I'm about to throw up. And she was like, no, you're not sit down, like drink some water or something. And I was like, miss, I'm leaving. And so I get up to work out and she starts to like block me from leaving. And I did make it to the bin in time, but I almost like just out of sheer, just like, fuck you, was like, I want to, I, I just want to vomit on you. <laughs> That's all I want to do in this moment. <laughs> but yeah, she was the absolute worst. Um, 
and she was Scottish, so she spoke French with a weird accent anyway. Um, and then she kept on trying to get us to improve accents, and I was like, I'm not fucking doing that. So I aggressively spoke French with the most English accent you could ever hear. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> Je m'appelle Lily. One of, the, one of the good things about growing up in foster care is that they are really rigorous in telling you what your rights are as a child um, and in terms of like how adults can interact with you and just generally what you're allowed to do and how you're allowed to exist as a person. And so when I was at school, I never asked for permission to go to the toilet. Uh, I would stand up in class and be like, I'm going to the loo, I'll be back in a second and walk out. And <laughs> I remember the first time, uh, I think I was in year eight, that a teacher was very taken aback by that and was like, I'm sorry, excuse me, you need to ask permission. And I was like, do you ask for permission to shit? Uh, <laughs> the whole class laughed and I just walked out. Uh, I lost attention, but I also was like, uh, I'm pretty sure that it's like a humanitarian thing that you can't tell me that I can't go to the toilet. Like that's unacceptable. I was that fucking kid. I, I mean, I love that. it. <laughs> it was, we had a, I wasn't that kid and I'm disappointed in myself for not being that kid because <laughs> I've become that kid. For yeah. um, it was, there was a, I can't remember who it was at school who pointed out that doing group punishments when like one person wasn't mm. um, acting up is against the Geneva Convention. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not allowed to punish people for the actions of <laughs> their group. You have to punish them for like their specific actions. Yeah. And it was just that person being like, so you've read the Geneva Convention, right? <laughs> and I, I, to be honest, I don't even know if that's true, but he said it with such confidence <laughs> that the whole class was like, yeah, yeah. you're torturing us. <laughs> I feel like there are some Falcons listening to this. And by Falcons, I mean our friends from uni uh, who are listening to this and kind of nodding their heads because I once did. No, not once. Many times <laughs> would do group punishment if one of them you know, gave attitude or didn't want to do, uh, like, you know, their Saturday training properly. But the one that sticks in my mind the most is when we went to Edinburgh the first time and we had left our campus at two o'clock in the morning. We had gotten to our scout hall at half seven and everyone was very tired. So we were like, cool, let's everybody rest. Um, just absolute silence. Let's just get some naps. And then at nine o'clock, or like 9 10 we'll head out get food start sightseeing and then nate and connor would not shut up they just kept talking and giggling and like i, I told them about three times in a row be quiet everyone needs to just chill and yeah. relax and by the third or fourth time i was just like right everybody up if your teammates can't respect you lot then no everybody is up everybody is getting away we're all heading out now and I just remember Oscar just being so mad. I mean, like, why are you like? Why are you like this? <laughs> why are you punishing all of us? Because those two won't shut up. And I was like, because you're a team. <laughs> I had like the kind of opposite of that. So with rugby, my dad was my coach for a really long time, and. He used to, if somebody else in the group was messing around, he'd send me on a lap. So it didn't matter who was fucking up. I'd be the one who would be sent on a lap. So you he, were the whipping boy. I was. 
But what that meant was he wasn't allowed to hit them, but I was. Oh. <laughs> so I would be so angry by the time I got back from that that just like me being like, fuck you, like, <laughs> would stop any further messing around because it meant that I started policing it because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do laps. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> it just became like a whole thing. So clever. So painful for me. <laughs> that is pretty clever. I love that. He only had to do it a couple of times before people got the hint. <laughs> you do not want to rage for angry at you. <laughs> I angrily did it. Angrily. <laughs> I love that. Angrily. You know, I still think of the word aggressive um, all the time. <laughs> It was when you were teaching the Falcons uh, contact and you were telling them you have to be aggressive, but you have to be safe with your contact. Mm. And so you would just shout, aggressive! <laughs> Shows you how much I've forgotten about that. Yeah. Oh, that was, so I was the uh, contact coach for Quidditch. So Quidditch oh. is a bit of a weird sport. Maybe this is what we... <laughs> Quidditch is, it's strange. It's strange, yeah. Um, you can tell it was made up by uni students. Yeah. Still shit ton of fun. But the problem being, it is full contact, mixed gender. Um, it's not age gated or anything like that. And so what you end up having is a real wide variety of bodies with very little sport experience among them. Most of the early players of Quidditch were yeah. Harry Potter nerds. Um, so there was a certain extent to which there, there wasn't, it, there was like two people the entire time I was playing Quidditch who had like a contact background mm -hmm. that wasn't a martial art. Yeah. Um, you know, and certainly martial arts, you learn, one of the first thing you learn in martial arts is how to fall. Very useful thing when you're going into contact. But it was one of those things where I just thought the whole contact, I, I don't know what it's like now, so far yeah, out of that. part of it in a long time. But the contact in quidditch was so dangerous because you have a stick between your legs so already that is confusing to any passers-by <laughs> <laughs> the so the balls are built to be held with one hand they're slightly deflated so you can pinch hold them and then it's full contact but you're not allowed to drop a shoulder and because you only have one hand because one's holding up a broom, you can't wrap. And what that means is you can't take control of the body of the person that you're tackling, which means you can't guarantee their safety to the ground. Yeah. So the number one thing you're taught in rugby is as soon as you make contact with somebody, it's your responsibility to get them down to the ground safe. And that's made possible by the fact that you're wrapping because yeah. it means you're falling with them. Um, whereas what ended up happening in Quidditch is... Either it's people running fully upright into each other, in which case the likelihood of you getting an elbow to the eye or crushing your face or smacking heads was really, really high. And then you just free fall down. Like there would be no padding mm -hmm. quite frequently. The number of concussions was extraordinary. Yeah. And then the other issue with it was people, because they couldn't wrap, it meant that people, it was really easy for people to step out of tackles, um, which meant that people would run in harder and harder and harder until 
they were doing themselves damage and it's effectively just charging people mm-hmm. and it's a lot of things that are completely illegal in rugby and people say that rugby's violent yeah you know but yeah ru- the, vi- the violence because you know rugby is certainly very aggressive and violence comes as part of that but it's very controlled like there's yeah. a lot of rules and rugby didn't start off that way it's adjusted its rules as you go mm-hmm. along and you know if, if somebody who was a massive fan of rugby when it first started being played would look at today's rugby and be like what the fuck like you're not allowed to spear tackle people like that doesn't seem like the spirit (laughs) of the game but Quidditch hasn't gone through that process yet and there's still a lot of resistance in game to make the kind of changes that they need to make in order to make contact safe Mm -hmm. Uh, because you either make it safe or you make it no contact and that should be the discussion not oh well it doesn't seem that bad like yeah yeah. so many injuries i used to be the first aider for the team as well and i spent i went to hospital with one of the quidditch people like once per tournament it was terrible i was thinking about this the other day but why the fuck do we allow kids to make a decision about what they want to do at university at the age of 16 i have no idea and like because i obviously i went to uni when i was 25 and even then, I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. <laughs> yeah. Like, the bank won't give me a loan for anything. Yeah. But I'm able to sign up for, oh, for student debt. For student debt, the age of, what well, it's 17, isn't it? Yeah. When you sort of, yeah. Like, that just seems ridiculous. And it's good on to people who, who know absolutely what they want to do with their lives. Mm. But I feel like they're the, they're the minority. Mm you know and the rest of people are just like well i mean i haven't even lived life yet i've just been going from education to education Mm. you know um when you make decisions about what college you want to go to at the age of 16 you convince yourself that you can do maths and chemistry and biology because you want to be a csi investigator and then you realize you don't know no numbers no maths, yeah. no chemical things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The first time I was allowed to make a decision about what I was going to study, um, beyond GCSEs, which, like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, I decided to take AS maths, despite having only scraped by GCSE maths. And it was mostly despite my maths teacher, who made a hissing sound and a cross with his fingers when I approached the A-level maths, like, desk at the <laughs> fair. And I was like, right, well, I'm going to take maths. And he was like, whatever. <laughs> Like, no skin off my nose. And I was like, because mm. at the time I wanted to be an architect. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I took, for whatever reason, I just, I didn't know what I wanted to be. Architects look fun. I had <laughs> zero interest in buildings. Like, yeah. I don't know why, where it came from, but I suddenly decided I wanted to be an architect age 16. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to take maths. And that's, that's, uh, and then I took English, English and history. So like, it was clear where I was going to end up. <laughs> But I dramatically failed out of maths. I got a U on everything. Like I couldn't even get, like, oh, I don't know what the lowest grade is, but like an F or a D or whatever. I couldn't get that U on absolutely everything. With And my dad took an economics degree, so he's really good at maths. Yeah. And with him coaching me and, like, running stuff through with me and, like, tutoring me, still couldn't get above a U. <laughs> I was like, cool, cool, cool. So that I tried. Is, I failed. Absolutely. <laughs> My maths teachers, um, I had actually two great maths teachers. Like this was by no means any comment on their teaching. It was Miss Lane and Miss Parker. Um, and Miss Lane um, used to sing Gilbert and Sullivan songs under her breath. She was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. She 
looked and acted crazy all the time. And I was like, you're everything a maths teacher needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> and then Miss Parker was um, super like straight laced, but also the most sarcastic person I think I've ever encountered. And so we'd just chat <laughs> <laughs> because they knew I wasn't going to pass. I knew I wasn't going to pass. <laughs> they were like, eh, you're a lost cause. Everybody else is doing fine. We can just entertain each other for this yeah. hour that we're forced to spend e with each other <laughs> twice a week. Um, and then I had to take classics whilst I was doing my A-levels as an AS level to hide the fact that I failed an AS level. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do particularly well in classics either. But such is life. I had a maths teacher in... I can't remember if it was year seven or year eight, but it was like early on. Come into the classroom. He was also my uh, like set tutor uh, for the different classes. Oh, I don't fucking know. Anyway, he came into the maths class and he had a newspaper with him and he sat down at his desk and he opened it up and he told us to open our books and we were just getting on with stuff. And then he turned the pages and he looked at his newspaper and then he went, Oh, Tamara, I didn't know you were in the news today. Look at that. And proceeded to show everyone the uh, foster caring advertisement where I was advertised as a foster child that needed to be fostered. Uh, I was like, thumbs up. Thanks, my dude. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Because <laughs> I already didn't know that that was a thing that was happening. And I was like, this is the worst thing ever. How dare they do this without asking me? Yeah. Um, because like, And then to have that. And then to have, yeah, my entire class. And I was just like, I want to die right now. Can we, like... Jesus, just as a human, you should know that's that's not okay. But as a teacher, you'd think you'd have a yeah. little bit more fucking yeah. sensitivity. Because <laughs> it's not like any of your friends in school were out there reading newspapers no. like, that would not have independently yeah i think it's like the telegraph or the times or something like that I'm yeah like, no they're not gonna oh wait are they like the same thing i don't know no they're not i don't know i don't know newspapers <laughs> <laughs> they're very similar i think they're similar politics wise but i'm not really sure <laughs> <laughs> which one is it that your mom and dad do the crosswords uh, it's the sunday times yeah oh, okay that's cool i like doing the crosswords yeah, with them they, i don't but... contribute much no well, neither do I. It's it's Mary and my dad and my mum really love crosswords and they're good at them. Mary yeah. does. Mary, and my dad did the cryptic one, um, and then it's just me and Olivia. Like I know words, <laughs> but none of the words that fit this. <laughs> yeah, I like the big general knowledge one. I'm uh, terrible though, at both. Yeah, even though like out of I don't know 30, 40 questions, I probably know the answer to two, but I feel so magic. Mm, I for those so two. Magic, yeah. It's the kind of thing I cross, I think crosswords should always be done in a group. I don't understand what enjoyment yeah. there is for doing it on your own. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's one of the things that I really enjoy whenever I'm at your parents is like, mm. oh, let's get out the crossword. Let's get out the general knowledge quiz. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. It's so much fun. <laughs> Speaking of being in the newspaper, I technically was in the newspaper for winning a crossword competition hey. uh, and that was because my dad my uncle and my granddad used to regularly do i think it's the times so it might be oh it's the telegraph uh, it's a, i think it might be the telegraph yeah cryptic crossword um competition where so every week there's a cryptic crossword you send in the solution and then you get entered into a pool and then like one name's pulled out and they get sent like this really fancy fountain pen and like nice. that's the whole thing and my 
dad had already won one for himself. They'd already won one for my granddad. They'd already won one for my uncle Chris. And so they then went through all of the children in the family. <laughs> so I have one somewhere. Nice. Yeah, I was just like, oh yeah, because anybody who knows me is going to believe I did a cryptic crossword. <laughs> <laughs> There's a TikToker who teaches people how to do the cryptic crossword. Yeah, because it is, it's learning. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a language. Yeah, yeah. And once you know it, like, you know, I managed to get one once and it was the best feeling ever. Uh, but it didn't, it's never happened again. But she does lives where she does, she goes live on TikTok where on a, on a Sunday where she'll sit there and interact with people and they'll do the cryptic crossword together. Oh, that's And I'm cool. like, that's just so lovely. And there's loads of people who have uh, like stitched her videos and been like, honestly, join her live. It's the most calming thing that I have ever done. <laughs> <laughs> my, I think my favorite thing about crosswords is especially with cryptic crosswords because it's just so hardcore because so with the one my dad does he it's not just enough to finish the crossword you then have to work out how to submit the clue so you've got to work out what they actually want clue wise and like i remember coming downstairs once and he printed out a piece of paper and he was just like attacking it with a pair of scissors and i was like dad what are you doing? And he was like, I'm doing the crossword. I'm like, it doesn't look like you're doing the crossword. It looks like you're cutting your crossword up. He's like, well, that is kind of what I'm doing. Because he they effectively worked out it. the whole crossword was a reference to that famous dance scene when they come down the two stairs, sets of stairs. It's like Ginger Rogers. And, oh, okay, yeah. And the like last thing you had to do to the crossword was cut in certain places. So when you smushed it, it looked like two sets of stairs. <laughs> And I was like, why? Why is this a thing? I mean, that's so fucking cool. Yeah. But that payoff cannot be that good, surely. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is... Whenever um, people accuse me, of, accuse me as if it's a bad thing, but tell me I'm a nerd. I'm like, not as much as crossword people. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that much of a nerd. Not, you know, I've never sat there on a Sunday morning frantically scissoring a... Yeah frantically scissoring yeah please don't ever <laughs> say frantically scissoring again scissor came out of my mouth i'm like that's that to scissor isn't well it is a verb but it's not a verb for what you want to say <laughs> that's maybe one of the quotes now <laughs> spent a saturday frantically scissoring. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i think the conclusion to this is my whole family are nerds yeah absolutely. Um, i don't know how my mum I mean, she's clearly a nerd. She's produced a lot of nerds, but yeah, what's she nerdy about? She's asymptomatic. Nerd. I mean, she <laughs> chews up deadly Sudokus like they're absolutely yeah, nothing. Yeah, That's her her favourite thing to do. You'll come down in the morning and you're just, like peering over glasses at you <laughs> yeah. from the corner, just like, Sudoku. <laughs> <laughs> Dog on her lap, cup of tea that she's left somewhere in the house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much for joining us for another podcast. It's thank been, been nice to have you. I don't know what the etiquette is here. Castaway. <laughs> we are castaway. Ahoy there. Ahoy. We are castaway. I don't know what the etiquette is for ending a podcast. Uh, I think, once again, it's just like, hey, give us feedback, leave comments. We like it. Oh, follow us on things. Yeah. We have a us. newsletter. We've not sent a newsletter yet, but yeah. we have one. 
Go to the website. Read the blog. Yeah. Lily, Lily rants. <laughs> I do. I rant a lot. Thanks for joining us and see you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.